0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Scratching the Surface podcast. I am your host, Austin Douglas, and today we are going to scratch the surface on a very important topic. But first, what's Scratching the Surface all about? Well, we scratch the surface on the green industry, entrepreneurship, business, life, and everything in between. We touch a lot on arboriculture, on plant health care, on poison ivy, mosquitoes, I mean, you name it, right? I'm a part of the green industry, and, and that's who I... I like to talk with, you know, talk about, talk with, because we're all, we're all trying to achieve the same goal for our clients. And that's to make their dreams a reality, to help them, to fix whatever issue they have. And that's what we are. We're green industry professionals. Or as a good friend of mine and mentor of mine, Daniel Mirabal says, we are green collar professionals, which if you never looked at yourself as a green collar professional, maybe you should. Might change the way you view who you are right cuz there's white collar, blue collar and green collar. And if you're listening to this, more than likely you are green collar. I'm green collar. I'm I am definitely green collar. I've been in this industry for a very long time. Um you know, I my first job ever was working at a greenhouse. I think I was like 14 years old, 14 and 8 months, something like that. My first job as soon as I could legally work, that's what I started doing. I was in the nursery industry and greenhouse industry for probably Eight years, and then I also have 10 years experience as a pesticide applicator, doing mainly poison ivy specialist stuff. Here, let me turn that off. So professional around here, but yeah, so today, today is, we're doing this pretty live. Today is the 26th of June, and I have had an interesting last couple of weeks and today, for me specifically, it's a rain day here in Michigan. It is rainy, and you know we're just uh, kind of taking it easy, chilling, making some podcasts, doing some office work, sending some quotes, answering phone calls, all that jazz. But I had a really interesting couple of weeks, and I it was something that I had to share, and it's something that honestly really pisses me off. I mean, really pisses me off. And... What happened to me these last two weeks was I had three separate clients tell me horrible stories of working with contractors. One of these contractors is not in the green industry per se, but they did some really shady stuff. And there's a special place in hell for people like that. But two of them were within the green industry. And these two, they were both tree care companies. And one of them, let me just give you a backstory. Okay. So I'm at my client's property. I was there last year, inspected their property. We kind of walked and talked over their issues and I kind of gave them my best recommendations. I said, Hey, if you're going to do this, I would remove the trees first. They basically, we were doing a invasive bittersweet job at their property and they were going to have some trees removed. I said, well, why don't you remove those first and then I can come in and clean up the invasives. It makes more sense because if they're going to have machines in here, you know, carrying stuff out, then we need to, you know, this is just a proper order of operations because I don't want them to disturb the treatment and then you lose your money. So why don't you just do this first and then I come in after next year or whenever and do this. And so I never got a solid yes from last year, but they called this year and they said, yeah, I definitely want your help. Okay, perfect. So I go out there and we start talking. I do the invasive treatment. It took me a while. It was a big job. Lots of, <laughs> lots of plants to spray. If you don't know what in, uh, Oriental Bittersweet is, it's a, a vine. I would say it's very, I don't want to say comparable, but it's like the kudzu of the north. It literally will just swallow up forests. And it happens slow at first, and then it happens really fast. And it can take over very quickly and it can be very costly to manage. And so we're doing this thing, right? I get all done and we start talking. We start talking about trees. And she starts talking to me about, she's got this beautiful, (laughs) excuse me, she's got this beautiful grove of red pines. And she wants to take care of them as much as possible. She was really worried about, You know, me applying herbicide at the base of these trees because she didn't want to damage them. Had to go through the whole spiel about her herbicide, what it does, how it works, and, you know, how it's okay to use around trees. And then we start talking about trees. And she told me, yeah, I was going to have them injected. And my knowledge, I'm thinking, okay, what would you inject a red pine for? You know, is it bark beetles? Like, what? That's the only thing that came to my mind was bark beetles. And so we start talking some more and I just, I'm sitting there listening and she said, yeah, they was going to inject our trees and it was going to cost $4,000. I was like, whoa, 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 four grand to inject your trees. Okay. Okay. There's a lot of trees. So, I mean, that quote kind of makes sense, but what was he injecting them for? And she looked at the messages and I didn't see what they were injecting for. And I said, do you remember what they were going to use? I was really curious, right? Because I'd never heard of anyone really injecting red pines. And so she pulls it up and she pulls up the product. She says, oh yeah, it's called this. It's called Dragnet. Dragnet. I've never heard of that being used in the tree industry. Let's take a look. So I look up, what is Dragnet? Dragnet is permethrin. Permethrin, permethrin, however you want to call it. Which is a contact insecticide. And so I'm sitting here thinking, why would you inject a tree with a contact insecticide? That doesn't really make much sense. You'd want to inject with a systemic insecticide, but not a contact. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so I'm sitting here and she tells me this and I like completely pause the conversation. I walk right over to the trees. And I look at the trees and I see no indication of insects whatsoever on them. And so I'm thinking, okay, so there's no signs of insects. And they were going to inject a contact insecticide into these trees. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. And I'm pretty sure they were going to take you for a ride. I'm pretty sure they were going to scam you. And I actually reached out to a supplier today and told him this. And he said, what? They were going to do what? And I said, yeah, that's uh, that's what I was told. And that's what I read. And so I bring this up because that's not good. That's not good to have people out there saying these horrible, not true things and getting ready to take four grand from somebody over not doing the right thing and not, not even targeting... Again, I didn't see any insect signs on these trees. So why would you treat them if there's no insects? It doesn't make any sense. None. Preventative? Okay. Still, I mean, you could put a preventative in there, but why, why would you inject a contact insecticide into a tree to kill an insect that's not even there? Just overall, logically, it made no sense. And this client didn't move forward with it. And I'm so thankful she didn't. Because I would have been irate if she did. I would have been irate on her behalf. I would have said, give me the name of that company and you need to get a lawyer. Because what they just did is fraud. Now that's an extreme example. But at the same time, I want you guys to know this stuff happens out there. And if you are educated and you continuously learn and you stay on top of your craft, you should be able to see the signs and know if somebody is lying or being lied to. And point it out to them. Don't be afraid to say no. Be like, I know that this is incorrect. This doesn't make any sense. This is what I would do. And this is what the industry would do and the standards would do. What they're doing is completely wrong. Right There's not even a permethrin that's injectable. So it poses one of those things where, you know, it's a he said, she said. Now, this person said that what they were going to do was going to help their trees. And I'm over here saying that's not correct and that's not going to save their trees. So who wins? The person that makes the most logical argument that's backed by science wins. And you also have to be believable And you have to be friendly. If that person was more friendly than I am, they're more likely to believe them, even if the science disagrees. But I, I mean, I can't tell you how upset I was for this client. And I told her, I said, this is wrong. This is so wrong. And she told me one of her neighbors actually went with it. And so now I'm thinking, oh boy, like there's somebody out there that's actually selling this work. And they're just flat out lying to people. And what happens if these people find out that they were lied to like that? How are they going to view the next tree company or the next plant healthcare company that they're being lied to too? And it just makes this awful scenario for anyone in the future. Because you leave such a bad taste in someone's mouth when you do that. And it just, it really upset me. It really, really upset me. And I hope that karma gets that person. I really do. I hope karma goes out there and gets you because that is so wrong in so many ways to commit that type of fraud. And, you know, I ended up talking to that client about doing air spade work. And I said, look, you know, trees, healthy trees can fight off insects for the most part and diseases. I said, let's go check the compaction of the soil because you said that you had trees removed, machinery was driven around here. Let's go check. And we checked it and the compaction really wasn't that bad. And then she mentioned an oak tree that she had, that it had a a contractor drove over it. I would imagine the same guys that cleared some of this land. And so I went over there and checked it. Sure enough, that was super compact. I said, okay, well, we know that this is the issue and this will become an issue. You won't see it right away, but in five to seven years, this will show itself. Explain to her what vertical mulching is, how to do it, what it does, long-term effects, short-term effects. You know, showed her a video on it. I said, This is what it is. Told her there's only six companies in Michigan that even do this type of work. We're one of them. And you know, I sent her a quote. Have you yet to hear back from her? She's probably still, you know, in shock of being lied to like that. I hope she went and had a conversation with her neighbor after I was there. I really do. I hope that that neighborhood is not getting taken advantage of like that because that is, that is just so, so unbelievably wrong. But that was homeowner number one last week that that happened to me. And that really, it stuck with me and it pissed me off. Homeowner number two, this one was not green industry related, but they told me that they had a contractor come and take money to re-roof their barn. And the day that they started, she came home and the roof was completely caved in. And the contractor was nowhere to be found. And you hear stories like this, and it's like, how can people out there do these things? How can they sleep at night? I couldn't fathom that. Come to find out, she ended up doing some research research and she found out that that person had been doing that multiple times. Multiple multiple people had complaints. And then to escape all of his issues that he did, he, he filed bankruptcy. Again, there is a special place in hell for people like that. And karma will get you and it will catch up to you. I don't want you to be one of those guys, right? So now we go to homeowner number three. This happened to me today. This is Monday, the 26th. This happened to me today. I had an inspection to go look for some poison sumac trees on a property. Get out there. She definitely had, um, you know, wetlands where poison sumac would grow. Off in the distance in the wetlands, far away from her yard, I did see poison sumac. So it's like, okay, it it could be around. Let's take a look. So we go over to an area. She's like, Yep, it was right here. I moved a branch out of the way. It smacked me in the face. And then I had welts all over my face. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking at everything. And I didn't see a single poison sumac tree. So I told her, I don't see a single poison sumac tree here. There's none. She's like, what are you talking about? This is where it hit me in the face. And I got welts on my face. And I said, there's no poison sumac trees here. And I started naming off every single thing that was growing. I said, there's no poison sumac here. I said, maybe you got poison ivy because there's poison ivy down below. And we start walking the property, find more poison ivy, find an area in her garden where she was working, where there was poison ivy, where she was working. So if you think about it logically, right? Um, you know, you, you're working in your garden, you're pulling out weeds, you pull out poison ivy with gloves, and then you wipe your face, right? You wipe sweat off. Well, now you got exposure to poison ivy and that's how you can get a rash and welts. But the doctors told her that it was poison sumac. Which again, she did have poison sumac, but it was far off in the distance, way, way away from where she would be. And so here I am being an honest contractor saying, Hey, you don't have poison sumac here. I think what you got was poison ivy, and I think this is why. This person, <laughs> we'll get into we'll get into it a little bit in a little bit, okay? But we continue to walk around the property and we start talking about trees. Because you know, that's what I do. I talk about nature and trees and landscaping. And she had some trees that weren't growing. And so I went over there and I was like, I can feel it in the ground. This stuff's super compact. It's all rock hard clay. It's super compacted. So I go get my penetrometer. I demonstrate to her that the ground is compact. If we decompact the soil, the tree roots should be able to grow and the tree should grow, right? So we start talking about more of her trees. She had a whole, like, L, okay? So property line, an L, down one road and down another road of blue spruce trees. Blue spruce trees here in Michigan should not be here, okay? They're not native to Michigan. They're native to Colorado. And over here, they suffer from uh, a fungus called Rhizophera needlecast. And they suffer from a lot of other things. But for the most part, it's Rhizophera cast. So... We're walking. She's like, yeah, I've had two different companies treat these trees. And that that like sent a little flag off in my mind. Two companies. Why two companies? Well, the first one I didn't like. And she told me, you know, the situation she had with them. The second one she started using this year. And so it's like, okay, what are they doing to them? Right? Asking these questions. They're spraying them and they're also injecting them. I said, they're doing both, huh? Why are they doing both? She said, oh, just they're injecting some of them. Oh, they are. Why are they injecting some of them, right? she doesn't know. She's just going based off what they recommend. So what do I do? I go and I start looking at these trees because I'm curious. And those trees that were injected, every single injection was made on the exact same side of the tree, right? There's like five injections, boom, 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 all on the same side. When you do tree injections, you're supposed to do them every four inches, depending on the product, depending on what you're using, the the tools and products that I use is every four, four inches. Okay. So every four inches, I'm supposed to make an injection. All five of these injections were on the exact same side of the tree. And they were like staggered lower and upper. And so I'm here thinking, all right, why did they do that? That's not getting the product that they were injecting all the way around the tree, which is what you need. And so I point this out to her and she became livid. This poor client of mine, she struggled to find quality contractors ever since she's moved out to the country. And here I am, just little old me, little old Austin, pointing out issues that I see. And it bothered me. It bothered me. If you're going to do something for a client, why don't you do it the right way? Why do you even inject these trees? Why did not you just spray them like every other tree? Why did you have to act like that one needed an injection? There was no reason that that needed an injection over being sprayed. It just, it doesn't make any sense. And I point these things out because I'm honest to a fault. Honestly, I'm honest to a fault. And as a warning out there, you know, I hate saying this and I hate doing it. But if I show up behind you on a property and you did something that's not correct, I have no idea that you were there but I'm going to point out what I see. And if you if you happen to be a contractor that went before me and did something that was completely incorrect, and I happen to mention that's incorrect, that looks bad on you. It doesn't look bad on me. I'm just pointing out what I see and being honest to a client. And I don't want to do that. There's the whole point of me creating these podcasts and creating content on, on Instagram to point out these things so that way I, I don't have to follow up behind you And say you did something wrong if you're in Michigan here. I'm not saying I'm going to be out in Connecticut or Nevada and catch something that you did wrong. But to anyone that's local, you know, if I find something that you did was incorrect and I mention it, that's not on me. That's on you. And if you know me, you know, I'll be the first one willing to help you and teach you and and let you know everything that I know. So this bugged me. And I told the client. Now, more than likely that client is going to cancel on them and she's probably going to hire us more than likely. I have no idea based on what she's paying right now. Not a clue, but it would stand to reason that if I point out things that are incorrect and I'm being nothing but honest, that she would be willing to pay a premium for that for honesty. And I also sent her a list of contractors that I trust. I put my name on, my rubber stamp of approval. I back these people. If you need these services, call these people. Because you've told me you've had such a horrible time with contractors. I don't want that to happen anymore. Call these people for these services. They will help you. And having that network is gigantic for that situation in particular. Because if she calls all those other people that I recommend and they're top notch and they're honest, it's only going to make me look better, but it's also going to make our entire group look better. So not only do I get referrals, now all those companies that I referred get more referrals. And instead of bashing companies, she's going to be a raving fan of our companies and tell everyone. And that's a good thing. That's a win for everyone. Everyone. But anyway, back to the poor injections. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I still can't believe that. But anyway, I contacted my supplier who supplies me with my injection equipment, my injection products. And I know they are pretty much the supplier in the state for these products. And so I called and I said, hey, does this sound correct to you? And one of the things was they were using a, a, what's called a wedge check. It's something that you put in the side of a tree after you do an injection. And I, I did not know that that was performed on conifer trees. And so they told me, yeah, we, we do that sometimes based on certain situations. I was like, okay, you know, I'm glad I learned something. And I said, what about this? Is this correct? Would you inject all of the injections on one side of the tree? And they said, no, that's how you damage a tree. And I said, oh, okay. Said, well, I just witnessed that, and it was wedge checks, and it was a wedgel. Makes me wonder who's out there doing it. My supplier, my sales rep, he's also—I would—I would also view him as a mentor because he's taught me a lot. And I, he told me, hey, do you know who did it? And I said, I do know who did it. Tell me. And I said, are you sure you want to know? He said, yes, because if they're abusing our products, if they are misusing our products. If they are being lazy, I will stop all sales to them. And I said, you would? He said, yes. He said, because if they're doing that type of stuff, they're going to give us all a bad name by using it. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sacrifice that. And I said, okay. And so I told him who it was. And he knew exactly who to contact. And he knew exactly who he needed to contact to say, you need more training and you need to tighten this up because I just got this report. So don't be afraid if you catch people doing incorrect things to call them out. And there's a tactful way to do it, right? I did not contact that company directly. I contacted the person that supplies them the material. And before that, I asked questions. I said, hey, would you do this? Is this okay? Can you do this? I didn't come out and say, I saw this and this wasn't right. I asked first. I said, would you do this and is this correct? Right, gave him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was some advanced injection technique that I'm completely unaware of. I have no idea. It just it did not look right to me, and so come to find out, no, it's not an advanced technique. It's called the lazy technique. That's what my supplier said. So that was hilarious. But that is two instances where people just flat out tried to scam clients, clients not customers. Let that be a lesson. Do not call your clients customers unless you want it to be a one-time transaction. You have clients. Clients is a relationship. Clients you keep around. Clients reach out to you and ask you for advice. Customers, it's just an exchange. You do this, I pay you this, we go our separate ways. You want clients. You don't want customers, okay? These clients of mine I want to be an asset to them. I want them to call me and say, Austin, I got these issues. Can you come take a look? Yes, I can. I might not be the guy to solve it, but I will definitely not be that shady guy who says some stupid shit and says, oh, we're going to inject these trees with this contact insecticide. That just blows my mind. Any of you arborists out there, plant healthcare guys out there that listen to this, you're probably just as blown away as I am. This guy was going to buy like $200 worth of permethrin, inject these trees, completely blow out the xylem and just completely destroy them. And that's what I've been dealing with. And it's been on my mind and it's bugging me. And this whole podcast is basically a warning to shady contractors in the green industry. Because you're on watch. And if you're doing some shady stuff and a guy like me comes behind you and calls you out it doesn't look bad on me. It looks bad on you. So watch what you're doing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing when no one's looking. It just just makes sense to do the right thing, right? Do the right thing when no one's looking. I had a a friend of mine on Instagram. He messaged me, and he said, Austin, I would hate to follow you up on a property. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, the amount of value and education that you can provide to a client, I would hate to come after you and try and get the work. And I that's a true compliment. I really appreciate that. I don't take that lightly. You know, to, to be afraid to, to go behind me to try and, and get some work, that's that says a lot. And I value that. But it also means a lot, right? It means I provide a lot of value to my clients when I step foot on their property, whether it be shrubs, whether it be their grass, their trees, poison ivy, invasive species. I mean, you name it. You know, I've had clients come to me asking me what tree should I plant? we went through a whole list of issues and what, what to look out for and basically, you know, got it down to a few select varieties. And I said, okay, these are my two top recommendations and here's why, you know, but it's just, I appreciate a compliment like that. I really do. And trust me, I have people that I wouldn't want to follow up behind either, right? There's people that know a hell of a lot more than I do. And I wouldn't want to follow them up. But I'm also not afraid to. I'll go behind them. You know, you should too. If you're being honest, if you're telling the truth to the best of your ability, there's no reason that you should be afraid. What you should be afraid of is if a guy like me out there comes in after you and points out everything that you did wrong. Okay, I'm not trying to be a tough guy here. I'm not trying to to sound arrogant. I'm not trying, none of that. Because when I step foot on a property, I tell the client the truth, everything that I see. And I expect every single one of you listening to do the exact same thing. Point out everything that you see, tell them the truth. At the end of the day, all of our truths should be in alignment, right? If you're doing landscaping and the irrigation's off, okay? Well, irrigation guy's gonna show up and be like, yeah, irrigation's off, Okay. Now you two are in alignment. Like, yep, we got to get the irrigation right. All right, now you're installing mulch. And the arborist comes in. He says, you know what? The mulch is too much. Irrigation guy says, no, it's fine. Landscaper guy says, no, it's fine. But the arborist says, no, it's not. Right? Everyone should be, we, we are all a team. And we are all trying to make our clients' properties the best as possible. And we need to listen to one another. Right? Stay in our lanes. But if we stay in our lanes and do the right thing, everything that all of us do should be in alignment from irrigation to lawn care, to landscaping, to being an arborist, to plant health care, everything should be in alignment. That's why it's almost, I feel like there's a, a lack of understanding different specialties. You know, if you're doing lawn care, do you really understand landscaping? If you're doing landscaping, do you really understand arboriculture? doing arboriculture, do you really understand irrigation, right? Everything, this whole circle of stuff truly should be in alignment. And if we all say the truth, that truth should all be the same. It should all have the same goal, taking care of our clients. <sighs> all right. That was long-winded and that's pretty much all I got for today. You might be hearing some rain in the background. It is a rain day. I don't know how bad that is on the uh, the old microphone, but that's what I got for you. My only question, my only advice is to just go out there, do the right thing and have your client's best interest in mind. Don't be the shady contractor. Don't allow someone to come behind you and say that you did something wrong or against standards or anything like that. Don't allow it. Be better. Be better. Do better for yourself, for your family, for your community, for your clients. Just be better. Do better. Don't be these guys because these guys they're on watch right now, not just for me, but from their suppliers. Maybe not the other guy, because I don't know who the other guy is that did the 4K, four K, $4,000 in injections. I have no idea who he is, but he's on watch right now in that community. I'll tell you that much. I made that known. But All right. I hope you guys are well. Hope you're doing good. I will have another episode out on Thursday, and I wish you all well. So take care. God bless. And ditch the itch.